0: So how you guys doing? How's your day today?
1: It's good. It's just hot. Is it hot? Oh, and, oh it's, it's awful. You too? Oh. oh my gosh. Yeah. Awful. It's awful. It's awful. It's awful. And I don't know why I picked these last two days to like fucking paint. So I've been painting shit. Just like varnishing furniture and shit like that. But it's been hot and the paint's running and smudging. It's it's oh. a mess.
0: Oh no. But yeah,
1: how, how's everyone?
0: <sighs> I'm doing all right. Uh my car isn't fixed yet. And oh the, no, yeah, and the guy uh won't respond to my
1: messages. So, when did your car break down?
0: Uh, I i had to re- uh replace the cylinders on it, so oh no, so, big engine thing, but they're covering it, so yeah. But when I wanted to drop it off, I was like, uh, yeah, I just gotta, re-. they knew about it, so I was like, yeah, uh, when do you think it'll be done? They were like, oh, Monday, you should be Monday, and that was on Friday when I dropped it off. <laughs> Or
1: yeah. Saturday. Saturday. So, Wait, then whose cute little red car was that that no, you
0: drove? Excuse me. Yeah, that was mine. I oh, okay. Saturday, Saturday, Saturday morning. Okay. But yeah. Um, yeah, because that's that's when they told me to go, drop it off on Saturday. And we had that thing. I was okay. I was I was, I was hoping to make a little trip and pick everybody up and go meet Matt or something for like another kickback. Yeah, that wasn't cool. Oh,
1: yeah, I'm that sorry. was a lot of fun too. Yeah, no, absolutely. I had a blast. What about you, Alonzo? What's going on?
2: Just chilling this whole week off, you know. Nice. Still on vacation. Technically I should be back tomorrow, but they're nice enough for some reason to give me tomorrow and Friday off. So that's nice to them. And then they work Saturday.
3: Woo-hoo. You're leaving, aren't
2: you? Yeah. Oh yeah, I know I'm planning on going to San Diego Sunday. We're days, at least. San Diego
1: oh okay he's going
2: yeah going downtown
1: oh okay all right cool where are you gonna go are you like staying in like an airbnb or something
2: yeah i got a i found a small airbnb place uh, lets me smoke so that's nice
1: that's fun that's cute what what area
2: i think the one uh, i'm staying the thing is around like little italy i believe i'm pretty sure oh
1: that's a that's a cute area it's a very cute area
2: and Valenta's letting me use one of his point and shoot cameras. Yeah. Because I still got that film reel. I bought that one time. Yeah. <laughs> I went with him. So I'm hoping to use it. And i will be I'm hoping to stop by Balboa Park at least.
1: Yeah. You've got, be nice. You have so many beautiful places to explore. Balboa Park is great. Um, I mean if you have the if you if you like the zoos, the zoos always great to go to. That'd be a great place to use film um but yeah there's just a lot of cute beaches coronado's beautiful it's just really white unfortunately <laughs> um but yeah that there's there's a lot of great places I, i'm sure you'll have a lot of fun what, what days are you going
2: um uh, specifically sunday monday and then tuesday will be the last day oh cute okay cool yeah sunday is when i'm going um leave i have to be at the airbnb around three to check check in and then Monday's just the whole day, and then I'll be leaving. They want me out of there. Check out like at eleven a.m. That's what it said.
1: That's cool. Yeah. Oh, no I'm Bye. And yeah. you just you just doing it by yourself? It's like a little vacation day. Excuse yeah, straight up. Honestly, I like it. I like it a lot. I love. I approve. That yeah. sounds sick. What about you, Alex? What's going on? What's new?
4: I was just telling them that I just got back from dropping off. Uh, my dad's car at the the mechanic to get okay. new wheels and like alignment and all that stuff. Honestly, the last few days is really just like working on the on Tangerine. Ooh. Like that, that was a long episode. It was like a lot of
3: <laughs> yeah,
4: a lot of like listening and re-listening. Yeah, I finished that yesterday.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
4: yesterday and I basically just spent like the whole day like morning till night kind of just making little tweaks and edits and i probably like re-listened to that episode maybe like five times now so <laughs> i like feel like I, I feel like i know it by heart <laughs> and yeah i should get started on the next one and uh i think probably later today i'll get started if not tomorrow morning and then just continue grinding away at the script i haven't touched that in a while so Yay. i'll be eager to get back to it
0: nice little break yeah. huh yeah <laughs> You feel
4: refreshed. Yeah, it was crazy because like I remember the last time I touched it, it was like I overcame like a really big uh, moment of writer's block. And oh. essentially I just skipped whatever scene I was at, jumped forward a little bit. And then as I was writing like the new scene, I went back to the old one with like new inspiration. I'm like, OK, now I know how to type this. Like now I know what he's going to say. Now I know what they're going to do. And then like, it just ended up extending the script. And now I'm like, okay, I should, I should bring it to a close now. Like this is going to be a 10 minute, (laughs) it was originally going to be 10 minutes. Now it's looking, it's going to be like 20, 25 minutes. So like, I just had to make it a cliffhanger. And I I realized, I realized exactly how I want it to end. So it's like leads up to the it's like a build up to the next episode, but it's like that that small area in between the ending and where I'm at right now. It's like the the gray area that Mm. I'm trying to figure out.
1: I like it, yeah. very exciting stuff. I'm very excited to start writing again,
0: hopefully in some time in the future.
1: Are you guys all writers? Do you all write in your spare time?
2: I stopped. Mm-hmm. I did an outline, but I didn't finish it yet. I still have like every, like little random ideas in my head mm-hmm. what the story's gonna be about. But cool. Well, it literally just did half and that's it.
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm pretty new to the whole process. Like, I didn't take any writing classes, and this is kind of just, I don't know, first experience, I guess. I mean, technically, I've written scripts before for assignments, but
1: mm-hmm.
4: now it's kind of like, okay, do your own project.
1: Right, free form. Like, you know, are you doing all the things that they taught us in, like, you know, English class and freshman like, <laughs> Do the outline, do the Venn diagram. Oh, no. <laughs>
4: <laughs> no, I literally just, like, went right into the script. I was like, okay, I have this idea and it was like a pretty clear vision like when i started like this is this project has been like one of the most like okay like beginning middle end like i know exactly what's going to happen the hard part is like the transitioning between scenes and also the dialogue and then you know you have to make your characters relatable and so i don't know it's it's been a whole learning experience so i'm glad i'm doing it with a small project first because i also have a larger one like that's i think it's going to be more feature length like maybe an hour 30 minutes so by the time i get to that one i mean i technically already started it but by the time i'm like doing that one a bit more seriously or that one's like the upcoming project i think that's going to be a lot easier to write and with the experience i have on this first one i think the production will probably go a lot smoother too
1: okay agree yeah like you know it's just warming you up for it for the big one yeah. Yeah, and then yeah. um, I have a final question for you. Favorite Led Zeppelin album.
4: <laughs> can I, can I like cop out and choose the mothership? Because that's like a combination of like a bunch of albums.
1: <laughs> that's fair. Cause I was going to choose, I was going to say Led Zeppelin four. So there you go. That's fair, fair enough. <laughs> Done.
4: Yeah. Cool. The mothership has like every song that I love. No, but I, I think that, I don't think a single song from Coda comes out on there. And there's mm-hmm. a bunch of bunch of bangers on Coda that don't get talked about enough because it's not one of their most recognized albums.
1: I don't even remember what year that was released. But that, that was later, right? Yeah, it was, it was like
4: one, one of their latest albums, if not that's the I latest. Thought, yeah. Yeah.
1: I mean, that's just like my thing, my little pet peeve. Whenever I see someone wearing a musical T-shirt, I'm like, okay, well, what's your favorite album? <laughs> like, let's see if you're really good <laughs> it. like. For me, I have a Guns N' Roses thing on today. You can't really see it. Uh-huh. But it's from their, their Use Their Illusion tour. And of course, my favorite album is Use Your Illusion Volume 1 and 2. So thank you very much.
4: <laughs> that was a greatest hits album from Guns N' Roses, but I feel like it had a name to it. Or, no, you know what? I'm thinking of the, there's like a spinoff, not a spinoff, but they formed a band later on called Velvet Revolver.
3: Oh. And
4: I just remember the the album was like a, it's like all gray, like silver like steel kind of color and it was like the two revolvers with the roses
1: yes i do remember that yeah but oh i feel like that was i think you were right i think that was like was that an album or was that a greatest hits i cannot remember that's Be- why we're not a music podcast
4: <laughs> yes that's why we don't <laughs> dabble in there yeah.
1: yeah
0: love music love it but no yeah. i would crumble at a of at a discuss like music heads wait what are they called we're called film buffs. What are music?
2: Um,
4: called. God. Are they just music heads? That's I, yeah, I think well, cause cause
3: That
1: is. Well, because the official be the, the, the official term for us is like cinephiles. Yeah, yeah cinephiles.
3: cinephiles.
1: I have no idea. Audio audio files. That's audio. what it is. Okay, I guess.
4: F- oh, you know what else? Recently, I just made like a TikTok like two days ago, and there's <laughs> a funny. huge is a huge thing that they've been putting on the for you uh which is people that make like beats and even even more niche is this like subculture that finds old japanese records like i forget what the genre is called city city pop or something and they take these these albums they like listen to it and with all within the span of one TikTok, they like listen to it find a sample like make a beat and then like and then, like, do like the rest of the instruments for it it's super cool. Oh I've always wanted to get into like music making, but I feel like that's more that's more my brother's side of the the creative family. So I I, like I'll that. I'll come find him when I need my uh, movies to get a score. I'll come to my
1: brother. I like that.
0: All righty, thank you, listeners, for uh, tuning in. Uh, we are Cinema Studs. This is not an episode of Five Year Review. This is an avenue that we wanted to actually make because uh, we love this. Uh, this is a roundtable discussion of Criterion uh, 2021 July sale, I guess. Yeah. 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 yeah Do Christmas.
3: you think we'll get
4: another one before Christmas?
3: Yes. yes. In November. I,
4: I, all right. I got to make my... <laughs> So I got to wake my uh, wish list early so I can send it to my family. It's like, yeah. you know, hint, hint. Yeah. There you go. <laughs>
1: <laughs> they also have random flash sales throughout, but that's usually just like a 30% off. Yeah. At that point, it's not worth it. Yeah,
0: yeah. no, I, I couldn't do it. It's yeah. <laughs> probably the worst criteria. All righty. So, uh, yeah, I mean, just the pretty simple questions. Uh, did anyone buy anything from the last criteria on sale? I mean... Yeah. You oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. It's uh, Hi, it's your host, Valente. <laughs> I'm way too laid back about this. <laughs> Valente Martinez. Uh, with me is our esteemed get, uh, panelist. Uh, go ahead. <laughs> I'm Alonso Martinez. <laughs>
4: uh, Alex Vega here. And
1: then I'm Matthew Javier Rodriguez.
4: Sweet.
0: Yeah, now everyone knows who's here. Aaron is not here. He is not aware of what Criterion is. <laughs>
4: he's, starting to, he's starting to get the idea the more and more we talk about it. <laughs>
0: he, he is. <laughs> he is. Which is the only way we're able to like get him to go. But it's okay that he's not here. Uh, we were hoping that his that his presence would be pretty much the general audience. So maybe some of our listeners love movies, but they're only aware of, I don't know, contemporary movies. Because mm. they don't... I don't know. It's hard, isn't it? Did you guys, when you guys were looking through like cinema and you guys started, did you guys like latch on to a decade and a director or directors, or did you just go like, did you find something and you just somehow explored its niche little genre?
4: I think when I first got into cinema or like really into movies, I pretty much bounced around from like every sort of genre director like I wasn't like I'd say I was more into contemporary like that's what originally got me into movies is more contemporary cinema nothing before like the 2000s but um, as far as like directors I was I was into Kubrick was like the only thing that I really latched onto for a while and then when I went to school when I was in San Francisco that's when I really started exploring like cinema throughout the world and that was sort of where i got most of my exposure to different countries you know like the french new wave and uh the revolutionary cinema of different latin american countries so yeah i got a lot of exposure in school but i don't think i would have found that had i not so i probably would have been like a christopher nolan fanboy if if not for school to be honest
0: yeah that's fair uh Lonzo, Matt, what about you guys?
1: For me, really, my love of cinema. Um my, like my personal love of cinema, when I started becoming obsessed with the movies, I really honed in on two actors. And they those two actors really just from there branched off into their like filmographies, but then also I then branched off to the actors that they worked with in the their films and then their philographies and then little by little it just kind of trickled out um so the two actors that i honed in on were marilyn monroe and audrey Hepburn. and i started i i we had um, an audrey Hepburn dvd collection growing up that had a couple of her films um and she did a lot of stuff with different people from like old leading men of old hollywood from gregory peck humphrey bogart and so as I watched her films, then I was like, you know what, let me check out, you know, a Humphrey Bogart film. And then that got me into like a new genre. Like then it somehow entered into like film noir territory and then so on and so forth. And same with Marilyn. Um, I remember I first found out who Betty Davis was through Marilyn Monroe, because Marilyn Monroe actually has a bit part in a classic uh, 1950s film and also a betty davis starring film called all about Eve, and Marilyn plays a little bit part as like a little comedic effects and it was from there that like i was like oh this is betty davis and then like i said just kind of trickled out and then just kind of spurted and went all over the place
0: Mm -hmm. okay yeah because because you love old hollywood Mm
1: -hmm. yeah that's right yeah and that in turn though kind of like ended up connecting me with all the other decades like but yeah i guess i did start with a particular like 50s and 60s cinema and then that just kind of branched out into everything from you know decades before to decades way after Mm yeah
0: because uh yeah because the way alex introduces himself to the podcast is that he's our resident cinematographer so (laughs) Uh, sir yeah, so Alex finds all kinds of movies that pertains visually has an interesting language, and I can totally see the revolutionary cinema being a part of that the down down in the dirt uh boots on the ground uh fast moving fast pacing uh down, downtime kind of stuff, so I can definitely see that kind of cinematography and Alonso, you have shown to the podcast that you have very eccentric taste. <laughs> <laughs> So, what, what would you, what's your love of cinema? Which kind of direction did you go? Because we had a pretty similar, uh, we, our journey was pretty parallel until pretty much um, our personal, like uh, choices, kind of like like our personal tastes really started uh, to flourish.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, uh, I think for me, it's just I think I was just getting tired of like all like the mainstream kind of movie. Like I'm pretty sure I was one of the people i mean you see them online even still to this day where they're like there's no original movies out there and it really was like just that mentality was like well and i think it just was i feel like i was like trying to find more movies myself and like i think similar to alex also like taking some film classes and finding out all these other like niche movies probably never heard of I'll say, like, the film class mostly helped me out with, like, the more, like, I guess you can say popular older movies, mm-hmm. you know, like, 40s, 50s, 60s, all that stuff. Well, yeah, it was a mentality where it was, like, the majority of them specifically. I'll say, like, any class involving like history of films in China. Oh, okay. Yeah, like, I just try to find, like, from those classes, you know, they kept showing movies or even talking about mm-hmm. certain movies, and... And the more I looked into it, the more I just was fascinated by all these other movies I'd never heard of before. And I wanted to find like other movies in general. And, you know, just started watching like certain videos people would recommend or just certain list of movies out there. And it was in a way. And as soon as I found like at least one movie, I guess I did go down like in this rabbit hole where like I kind of similar to Matt, like based off an actor or even a director. Like it will link up to another movie, and then I'd be like, "Oh, what the hell is this movie?" And then it just get more and more obscure. Was like, it really was. I was just like, "I want to call it like, just like you know, diving on the deep end." Or? Yeah, basically diving the deep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, straight up the deep end, I guess. And yeah, it was just that feeling, just wanting to find like these other movies out there, especially like, and especially like modern movies, especially ones that don't get too much attention or love. Or, Just made me get become more obsessed with finding like all these other like forgotten or lesser known movies that almost hardly anybody talks about for whatever reason they can just be shock value maybe nobody's heard of them they can be just edgy they can just be trashy you know for me I just like find those movies more interesting than again like the mainstream stuff okay
0: that's fair um. Yeah, uh, the parallel that I was speaking on for my taste in movies was uh, me and Alonso uh, really got into cinema together at the same time. I think you did first, and then you got me interested back into it. And we were going backwards, uh, contemporary. So we went 2000s, 90s, 80s, 70s, and then 60s is where I stopped. And it's where you just kept going. Yeah, think like I mentioned, yeah so the way the reason why I stopped is because I heard that same exact statement is like, there's no good movies today and it's part of the one of the arguments that we uh, that we're making on this podcast is that there are good movies you just have to look for them and they're not just gonna fall in your lap but yeah I, I've gone uh, contemporary with my movies uh foreign contemporary as well uh Korean films are a really great uh, a really great avenue to take uh, we've seen that with uh, mainstream. Uh, when with *Parasite*, Bong Joon Ho's *Parasite*, and uh, and yeah, movies like *Roma* as well, and contemporary foreign films. But yeah, I, I wanted to talk about uh, *Criterion* because for me, *Criterion* was one of the best and easiest ways for me to really do a deep dive on countries on on uh on lost material like historical films and i guess we would have to say like just kind of not entirely but uh filmography by by different directors work so yeah i i mean is this are your tastes in cinema kind of what's got you guys in criterion or was it something completely different because i'm i'm a little fascinated to find out why or how everybody found out about criterion because oh uh for the podcast this is actually where me and alonso met matt this is how we met (laughs) we were all
1: when when was it i believe it was either it was late june early july during 2020 madness in the middle of the pandemic it's hot hot summer and we met at uh, Barnes and Noble, which was hosting the Criterion Collection, 50% off sale. Um, I think. And where was it? Like Encinitas, probably? Uh Esco, Escondido. It was Escondido, yeah. It was an Escondido.
4: Shout out to Esco.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
4: um, but honestly, I don't remember how exactly I got into uh Criterion. I, I knew about the streaming service before I knew about the DVD collection for sure, because I was signed up for a Criterion uh like account, uh, but I honestly don't remember how I found out about it. Like maybe it was just from a professor or like word of mouth. I remember Mubi for sure was recommended by a professor because if you're a student, you can actually get Mubi for free with a student account. And... Uh, that's like a really great way to get exposure to like new styles of cinema and foreign films because movies curated very differently than Criterion. But Criterion mm-hmm. still has a bunch of classics on there that mm-hmm. I think when I was first watching, that was my introduction to Tarkovsky and earlier Kubrick work. I think Paths of Glory is on there and perhaps Stalker as well. But that was sort of my introduction to a lot of older movies. And I guess my taste kind of did lead more into a deep dive of criterion because one of my favorite movies that I actually purchased recently, the 400 blows, I watched that movie in class and it was like the first movie that introduced me to this world of auteur cinema and how personal you can make films. And I I later found out, it was on Criterion and I rewatched it when I had my account and now I own the movie because it's definitely in my top five of, you know, my favorite movies of all time.
1: Um, with Criterion, I believe that I was introduced to it. I think through one of my, I think it was through my mom at the time, but incidentally, because it was around the time, um, I just started getting really heavily into film. Like I was, that was all that I was obsessed about was film. And I was watching all these old movies. I made sure that the Turner Classic Movie Channel was constantly on in our household. Like if there was a Sunday, like, or a Saturday, that was the channel that was on in the background, even if we weren't watching it. Like I just, I made sure of that. And I remember I watched a bunch of screwball comedies um, from the 30s and 40s. And I, um, like, introduced them to my family. And my mom kind of got slightly interested in it, too. And she was like, hey, so I was just reading an article about this one screwball comedy. We should get it. And it's called It Happened One Night. And it's from 1934. And it was one of the first, if not the first, kind of romantic comedy slash screwball comedy. And the version that I ended up purchasing was a Criterion version. And I had no idea who Criterion was at this point when I had purchased it. And I just remember popping the film in and watching it. And there's a particular scene when the characters are just walking down a path. They're just walking down a road. And I was just like, oh my God, the detail is insane. Like, it's just gorgeous. Like, the level of restoration that was done for this over like over 70 year old picture i was like this is insane like this is a film in the 40s and it gets like this beautiful frame by frame 4k restoration by criterion and they make it look like it's practically shot today and i was just like that's this is insane and so that's when i kind of became obsessed I was like the fact that there are studios out there that are not just like taking um you know um fail safe like film copies of like you know, films and just like panning and scanning it, putting it on Blu-ray or DVD, but actually taking the film, painstakingly restoring it, and then making it available to buy and to own for your own home theater system. I was just like, I'm sold. I have to find out more about this company. And that's when my obsession with Criterion began. Alonzo,
0: do you remember your first?
2: I know mine. I want to say, because yeah, it's around the time when I started taking like, Film classes. Yeah, like a, I just kept remembering, like, kept seeing Criterion, the logo every time, like, a certain movie they play, like, an older movie. Mm-hmm. Kept seeing Janice Film. Like,
0: oh, John, Jan, yeah, Janice Films.
2: Yeah. Um, yeah. No. <laughs> Not Anus Films. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I kept seeing that logo. And I think most of the movies, like, they picked, I don't remember which one specifically, but I just remember, like, like, what the hell is Criterion? And I think I looked it up, and, and I think I just kept finding all these. And I think there were, like, certain movies that even I wanted to see at the time.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And I was like, oh, shit, this company, Criterion, has this movie, yeah, like, I wanted to see. And I think once I found out, yeah, like, that they preserved movies or restored them, that's when it got me more interested in them. And that's what made me want to, like, get more interested in the film's, that they kept releasing or hoping they would release. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Growing up, me and my brother went to the library a whole lot. And that's, and if we couldn't go to a blockbuster or Hollywood video or our local uh, home video rental place, uh, we would get them from the library. Um, thing is they didn't have, I don't feel like they had a lot, a lot of movies when we were younger. Right? I don't feel like they did, but uh, they did have like two shelves of like new movies contemporary five to ten years and then they had like a thing of documentaries a whole big shelf of documentaries and then i remember there was these really weird movies that just like that i later found out were criterion and i was so curious by one one time that i was just like you know what i want to i'm just gonna get one of these and the first criterion i ever saw was of hearts and minds i don't know if has anyone ever heard of that
1: no, I don't believe I have.
0: No, it's it's. Uh, did you watch it with me or no? It's a documentary about the Vietnam War, mm-hmm. and they're interviewing they're interviewing soldiers that were that are are, are home, but they're asking them to uh, tell them stories about uh, their experiences in there, and then they're also uh, interviewing politicians, like the one politician that I remember they asked was, uh, "So how did this war start?" and the guy was like so dismissive he was like what kind of question is that like it's it's, that's so elementary how 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 far along are we in this And you don't know how like why are you asking us that and he was just being really he was being really harsh to the interviewer but he just wanted to know and and uh and there was a footage of of, of aftermath of a bombing and there's just, everything's translated by the, by the Vietnamese people and uh, yeah, and there's just all the personal stories that all the soldiers had and it was filmed in in a way it was super tight like on their heads it looked like 16 millimeter, and every soldier except one was like not shot that way and then I kept, I was wondering like why is everybody, why does everybody have like a super close up of their faces and then they get asked uh the big question was like so why are you protesting the war and then they start explaining their story that they were being hailed in a gunfire they couldn't move they asked for assistance and then they got a response saying we're gonna drop napalm there in five minutes and the camera is it's finally like zooming out and you see that they have like prosthetic arms they're in a wheelchair they're They're just, they're they're an amputee of some sort. And they're just telling the story that to avoid getting hit by napalm, they just grab their dead buddy's friend, other dead friend's body to uh, cover them. And they just remember silence and firecracking. And it made me very curious what kind of company would not only help support this documentary, this level of truth, but also what else are they willing, what other voices are they willing to uh, add? Because I rem- there was a lot. Do you remember that shelf or no? Because you never look at that one. There was like two or three of them just filled with movie. It looks like the Barnes & Noble it looks like the Barnes & Noble, uh, like Noble criterion section
3: mm-hmm.
0: with like all of them, and it's—I remember it saying uh, the alphabetized parts of them. They uh, for like the American section. I remember they did the whole foreign section, and they did like France, Italy, Germany. Like they—they they went through all these different countries, and uh, yeah,
4: uh, yeah, that's how I was uh, introduced. So your your local library had like a collection of of Criterion movies. Yeah, that's pretty sick.
0: That's awesome. Yeah. And it makes me want to, every time I think about it, it makes me want to go back and, like, not buy (laughs) Criterion, but see if I really want to uh,
1: own it. Hell, yeah. Or, like, you know, know, just, like, when they have those, like, oh, we're getting rid of stuff that, you know, has been damaged or whatever. Or, you know, I don't know, maybe spill a little watermark on it yourself (laughs) and be like, oops, I can't return it now. And they're like, okay, well, I guess you can pay for it and keep it. <laughs> <Even now>. <laughs> <laughs> oh, pro tip, pro tip. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds very
0: professional. <laughs> Alrighty. Uh so uh did you guys buy anything for the sale? This last sale, the July
1: one? Oh yeah. I did. I did Oh you did? Very last minute I did. Prepare. Okay,
0: because I, I remember I was asking and, and you were like, Oh, I'm not sure. Uh the record day sale uh kind of kind of put you back.
1: Yes. It it did, but I, I wanted to buy just one little one. I didn't go as crazy as I usually do. Usually I'll buy like a crazy amount, like four or five, or buy um like an entire collection um of like some works. But this time, I just opted for uh, one that I haven't seen before. So it's kind of a blind buy, but I've read a little bit about. It's called Smooth Talk from 1985, um, directed by Joyce Chopra, and starring Laura Dern in one of her first uh, feature film roles when she was just 18 years old. And from the synopsis of it, it's supposed to be about um like a girl like you know living her teenage life like junior year of high school um and it's supposed to start off kind of like a like a normal coming of age story that you know usually released around that time like a um a Howard Hugh uh Howard um is it Howard Hughes no Howard um God, who am I thinking of? Breakfast at the Breakfast Club. And what's his yeah, name? John, oh, John,
0: John Hughes. John Hughes.
1: Thank you. Howard Hughes is the billionaire. I'm so sorry. He, he is. is the billionaire from like the whole 20th thinking. century. <laughs> um, but no, John Hughes, like it's supposed to start out like a John Hughes movie, but it then kind of develops into um, apparently a situation where she is forced to grow up wise behind her own years and force. Um, face some kind of, not only existential situations, but some deeply personal troubling ones that arrive in front of her. I don't know, sounds interesting. Did you watch it? Not yet, no. So I, I still have to watch it. But what the little fun fact I found out about that movie is it was originally filmed as a television movie for PBS. But because of the involvement that people had in it, it was then like rushed into like a wide, like, like a little limited theater release um, because they thought, oh, this is too big for TV. We want to do, make it a huge market. And it didn't get any like re-release, I don't think since 1985 until a company called All The Films released a Blu-ray back in 2012. And then when that came out of print, Criterion snapped up the rights and released it this past February on Blu-ray and DVD. So yeah. very excited. Very excited to watch it. Very big fan of Laura Dern. We are a big fans of Laura Dern on this podcast.
3: <laughs> yes. yes, we are.
4: If you'd like to come out on a guest, please hit us up. We'll have, you, we'll have you on the show immediately.
1: <laughs> we <laughs> love you. <laughs> Anything you do. Alex. Uh,
4: yeah i i talked about one of the movies that i got which was the the 400 blows yes. if uh, this ever comes out on on video you guys will see i'm holding up the dvd but yeah that's like i said that was like one of my favorite movies coming out of film school apparently it's like pretty pretty regular for a teacher to to screen this but this is like my introduction to like French movies and Francois Truffaut and our cinema. And this is like one of the first movies that I felt like, like I, I was seeing a piece of the director like about his life, just watching this movie. And that kind of opened up cinema to me that it could be very, very personal. Like uh, I, I, it's almost like a, a, a medium to, kind of have almost like a therapy session with I don't know if you guys have ever just like sat down and and painted like it it feels like therapy after a while if you really don't have any like constraints on yourself about what you draw and how you you know put paint on the canvas and that's how I started to think about filmmaking and it was almost like a therapeutic action where you can take something about your life that you've always wanted to talk about and just put into a movie and that's what I felt while watching this and so I had to pick it up so like I gotta show this movie to everybody that I know who grew up and feeling like the like the adults in your life kind of had you in a stranglehold almost through throughout your childhood and I was like damn I, f- I feel like I can relate to to somebody who lived in a whole different country in a whole different time so that was my first pickup. And the second one was Memories of Underdevelopment by Tomás Gutiérrez Alea. This was one of the films that I watched in a class about revolutionary cinema, uh, movies throughout all of Latin America that deal with a revolution. And this was one that takes place in Cuba immediately after the communist revolution. So within the film, they talk about a lot of the prominent figures about the US involvement and the Bay of Pigs invasion and it's an interesting perspective because most films that would be pro revolution would probably have it from the point of view of you know some someone who was poor and repressed by the dictatorship that was installed by the United States prior to the communist revolution but this actually takes the point of view of a very wealthy individual whose family and friends are all moving to the United States. They all have very European features. They're very light skinned. They talk about how they want to live like Europeans. And so it's a very interesting perspective to those who don't really know about, you know, the exodus of of Cubans to Miami. Like a lot of them were the wealthy business owning class who Was later on, like immediately after the revolution was going to have to start, you know, contributing to society instead of just being a landowner and, you know, having giant properties where you basically had slaves working for you. And so this was a very interesting perspective of somebody who was realizing like, oh, my gosh, like this new government is is going to take away my ability to just own a building, you know, like this guy's job is literally a landlord who takes people's rent. And lives off of that, like basically requiring other people's to give you money in order so you can live, and you hold you know their home over their head, and that's basically it. So it's a very interesting perspective. A lot of people actually thought this was anti-revolution when it first came out, and thought that this was a critique about the revolution. And there is a few critiques in there about certain things that the revolution, uh, where it may have fell short and where it still needed. To be worked on, but overall, very interesting movie, very great perspective on uh, the Cuban Revolution and does it all in like uh, an hour and 30 minutes. It's crazy how well this movie was made. It also has one of my favorite shots of all time. Uh, I'm not going to spoil exactly what it looks like, but you can go watch it for yourself. I highly recommend you check out this movie.
0: Lonzo, I think you have the most. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I guess. I'll, I'll, I'll I'll do me first. I I I've been really wanting to get into uh Yakuza films. Mm. So I bought Branded to Kill and The Tokyo Drifter by Seiju Suzuki. Uh really crazy, really crazy movies. Uh uh I, we you saw one of them, Brandon to Kill. Um it's entertaining, interesting. It's weirdly fast-paced and then it's just, it drags. The first half of the movie felt like 20 minutes for Brandon to kill, and then the last half felt like an hour and 20 minutes. And it's an hour and 30 minutes movie. And it felt like a two-hour movie. It was so weird, but it's interesting though. But uh, yeah, Tokyo Drifter, I have never seen Tarantino bring this up, but he totally ripped off Kill Bill's opening
1: with this one. Uh, Yeah, he is famous for doing that with so many different films. Mm
0: And I have never seen him ever uh directly reference that movie.
1: Mm-mm. Yep.
0: It's interesting. Yep. It, w- it was expired uh, monochrome film, Alex. Oh so it looks hazy and looks like a dream. Interesting. Yeah. But is yeah. this a
4: is this an action movie? Both uh, of them?
0: yeah. Kind of.
4: Action drama.
0: Action it's- drama? Yakuza films. I, I mean, Yakuza films are like an next, like an exploitative film, aren't they? Yeah. Like, yeah. Well, well, what's what's the good way to describe it? westerns? The Japanese basically, western. Basically. Yeah. yeah like yeah, like the Japanese know, western. Gangster movies. Yeah, gangster movies, pretty much. So yeah. And then Alonso put me on this one, uh, "The Ballad of Gregorio uh, Cortez." Mm-hmm. It's uh, pretty much uh, a man, a Mexican man in Texas, uh, is. Uh, yeah, eighteen hundreds is when it takes place. Being chased by Texas Rangers for the killing of a uh like a deputy or a lawman. Mm-hmm. So it's re- it's really dope. It's Sarza uh, uh, Edward James Olmos, and never heard about it. Alonso put me on it, and it is this is like the second or third time Alonso suggested a movie, and it's like my top three favorite films. <laughs> <laughs> and uh and uh Matt totally got
1: me Oh yeah!
0: high and low Oh, at Kurosawa and I, it's not open yet I'm oh. so excited to watch this yeah I oh. had to wait for that
1: one because it had to be delivered very jealous of you I wanted to pick up that one too and I did not I couldn't oh. find a copy oh. Um, so I went with Smooth Talk but oh I'm jealous I'm excited yeah. for you to see it
0: Don't worry, I'll I'll uh I'll make sure to watch it and I'll drop it off, and then we'll trade the Marilyn Monroe movie that you want. (laughs) There, done. (laughs) All right, Alonso, go ahead because you're the one that made the most purchases.
2: Um, Well, for starters, um, I I managed to cop um, the John Cassavetes box set for me. Yay!
3: Love (laughs) Cassavetes. Yeah,
0: Yeah. he's not gonna take it out.
1: Five films. Mm. Crazy. I'm excited about ten. What is it? Like it's like faces and um oh, it's opening ten. Night, stuff like that, right? Um, I mean Oh, movies.
0: ten total that you bought. The yeah. Casavetis is five films, yeah. What was it? What? Shadows, Faces. A woman under the influence. <gasps> yeah. yeah, killing of a Chinese bookie and opening nights. Okay. Oh. Have you seen any of those? i seen.
3: Oh my
1: god, of course. Jenna Rollins, amazing, amazing actress, <laughs> underrated. Um <laughs> I saw she, their their whole. I think their whole relationship, the their whole like you know husband wife like relationship. He was the director, she was the star of a lot of his films. It's just amazing. They did one called Midian Moskowitz. That's a very good one. Um, I think Opening Night is probably my favorite. It's a good one. She plays like kind of a drunk. Uh, film, a drunk stage star who's going to make another big Broadway opening, but it's like her struggling to get through the auditions. Okay, Okay, that sounds interesting. Anyway, sorry. Alonzo, continue. Finish
3: the rest of (laughs) (laughs) yours.
2: So one of the movies that I've been wanting to watch and that finally got restored a year ago, I think more recently, is The Ascent. Uh, Russian director Larissa I can't say her last name it's her husband is um, the director of Come and See Ilan Klemov, and he made an interesting documentary about her life the second movie I got is um, Tarkovsky the Mirror mm. I still hate mm. that poster but it works <laughs> what it is. it's just like, it's like an ugly, it's <laughs> one of my favorite of his and this one is just to upgrade my DVD it's yeah. Science of the Lamb
3: uh, Ooh.
2: I oh, I'm excited to see yeah. how this looks. Yeah, out, honestly,
3: I, I no, okay, cool.
2: and this one was a blind buy for me. I mean, I'm I was already aware of the movie, I, but I, I've been wanting to see it like
1: I I didn't want to see this for a uh, repo man, repo man. Yes, oh, <laughs> Alex
3: Cox,
2: yeah, Alex Cox. Alex Cox, and not Criterion, but it was still <gasps> part of the sale. You're cheating. <laughs> <laughs> Arrow Films.
0: Oh, we are the
2: flesh. It's What's, not a. What is that? It's a Mexican huh. psychedelic horror movie. Huh. Mm. Okay, and too. Okay, what year? 2016. 16. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah, that one was part of the sale too. So. Yeah. Okay. Oh, like Criterion was selling it, or it was like yeah, it was like both Arrow and Criterion. Oh, okay. Okay. Two different sales. In yeah. 16, okay yeah I saw that same deals
0: too. yeah I saw that there was like other cinema like Kino,
1: yeah Kino was doing it, yeah, and then uh Kino's now also acquired Cohen media i I don't know if you guys know them um uh, they're another uh film group like Kino and Criterion that restore um films and re-release them, but they're a little bit more obscure um then let's say criterion but they do on the level of restorations as criteria
0: oh okay good oh good. Well, that's awesome i'm glad that there's like a couple different services like that yeah or companies that are doing that all righty uh i was just gonna ask uh if anybody wanted to tell us what they have but i don't i'm not sure because
4: I don't know how big everyone's Criterion collection is. <laughs> uh, these are my only two. I barely started my collection. <laughs> yeah,
0: Alex just got into it.
1: Oh. Yeah,
4: I, I have to buy everything in between number five and nine hundred and forty-three to complete this collection. So, Unf-
1: unfortunately for you, Alex, some oh. of them are out of print and fetch like up to it. like two hundred dollars. Oh.
0: Yeah. I saw that. Um, oh. Rosemary's Babies out a print.
1: Oh my god, yeah. So, yeah. That's at a print. I've never seen that. I <laughs>
0: physically remember seeing that. And I was like, oh, I'm never going to buy this. I'll buy this later. You know, and uh, I just want it on a whim.
1: And now it's not even... That sucks. I, I, for, of... I, I, for, I forgot who owns the rights to that, but that just got re-released on Blu-ray, but not the criteria Blu-ray. Oh, dang. That sucks. Yeah. Is it on Netflix? Is it?
0: Oh yeah, it is on it's on something. Rosemary's baby. It's on something.
1: Yeah, but it's when they release it on the streaming services, it's never like it's very rarely like the HD Criterion restored version. Yeah. It's usually just like the old DVD versions but upscaled.
0: It, it feels like that. Yeah. Alrighty. Um I have like around 20. Okay. There we go. Well, how about we say how many we have?
1: <laughs> well, like, and say, say your person. Do you have a personal favorite from the collection, or like two of them um, that you can pick? Personal
0: favorite, I think it would be The Last Temptation of Christ. Hmm. I think it's that one because the fact that we're all Mexican and we grew up uh, Catholic mm-hmm. as well. So uh, it, it would, would
4: really be blasphemous really- if you didn't. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely.
0: Um, so, yeah, uh, I, I think it's a really interesting movie because it really uh, dives into the subject of Jesus as a human uh, struggling with fresh uh, uh, from the flesh with violence and just committing mistakes. So, yeah.
1: Do you put it in a Good Friday double feature with that and the passion of the Christ? <laughs>
0: <laughs> I would. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think Last Temptation. Uh, Bamboozled is another good one. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know what? The first one I ever bought was Salvatore Giuliano. Does anybody know who that is?
3: No, I mm-hmm. actually do not.
0: He's the only modern day Robin Hood we have ever had. And the reason why what made him modern was that all of his activities were uh, live updated by radio. So, so he was a, he, he's a Sicilian. A Sicilian bandit. Yeah. And he stole from the rich and the government to, to give to the poor, the people. Yeah. And his, and the movie uh, uh, deals with his death because it is highly conspira- uh Like there's a high, like there's like a crazy conspiracy because he was shot, but there was absolutely no blood at the scene of the crime. And it was completely drenched all over his shirt. So the body was obviously moved. Yeah. And the movie caused a, inspired uh, a full reinvestigation of the case.
1: Any results or was it just a, is it just a cold case? It's a cold
0: case. Yeah. Uh, it was a cold case because it was, uh, the mob is, mm-hmm. it is, uh, is, was, is speculated to be a part of the death. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. Uh, And I love Akira Kurosawa. I love his freaking movies. Throne of Blood, Rashomon, Seven Samurai, but I gifted it. uh, Because I didn't realize I bought the DVD version. Mm -hmm. So I was like, okay, I'll just get the Blu-ray later. And then High and Low. Yeah. I think those are my favorite ones. Oh, Battle of the Algiers. That's a good one. Oh, and I bought Irishman. Oh, I told you. Oh no, you gifted that to me. Yeah. Now you gifted that to me. And Night of the Living Dead, the Romero one. Mm. I love that one. Yeah. What Romero? It like a twenty. Well, there might be. Well, I don't know. Isn't there? I want. I want. Mar- I want to see Martin the Vampire movie. I the title.
2: Whatever. It's oh, whatever. Okay. It's the title.
0: Blood Simple, Brazil, The Killing by Kubrick. Oh and my Batman. God! Yes.
1: And Badlands. <laughs>
4: they have a Criterion edition of The Killing?
1: Yeah. Yes. Damn. I love The Killing. Wait, that's Sterling Hayden, right? The main actor. Yes. Love him.
0: Love. Love. Oh. That was the, yeah.
4: Classic classic Kubrick.
0: Yeah. It was super dope. I love that one.
4: Was this his first feature length or was it Paths of Glory? Mm, It had to be The
1: Killing, right? Yeah, The Killing, I think, was in the 50s, I believe. Oh.
2: Technically, with that one movie, Killer's Kiss. I think that one was a shorter, though. Yeah. yeah. Not written, I just think it was a shorter okay. That's technically his first okay. feature film, at least, okay. from what I remember. <laughs> cool.
4: Yeah, he did, like, a boxing movie. Or, I guess it wasn't a full-length movie, but he was, yeah. like, that's a...
2: The one. That's the one. That's
4: Killers? Killer's
2: Kiss.
4: Killer's Kiss? Yeah. Yeah. That's all right. yeah. yeah.
0: It's
2: his first Early, film. This is his first movie, so
0: um matt what how many do you have i don't i don't think i've ever asked you that
1: um god see criterion i think i have probably around the same as you maybe a little bit more around like 20 25 possibly 30 i um yeah i uh I think I always kind of like restrict my spending to them, especially because usually they're priced at $39.99. And so I'm like, okay, maybe not. (laughs) So I resort to waiting for the sales or, you know what, when I had an Amazon account back in the day, they would go like half price. I'd buy them on Amazon. Um, But I do have a good amount. Um, I think one of my favorites Which I have an emotional connection to is this one, um, from uh, that was made in 1946. It's called A Matter of Life and Death, and it was retitled in the states as Stairway to Heaven because, you know, I'm like the whole term death like was seen as like the whole name of death was seen as too evil or too like you know kind of anxiety shaking after the war. Um, so they're like, no, we're going we're gonna to retool it in the States and put it a stairway to heaven. And it's a British film uh, made by this legendary filmmaking duo, Michael Powell and Emmett Pressburger. Mm-hmm. And basically it was made after World War II and used as kind of like propaganda to like mend the bridges between the US and the UK nations. And it's it's great because it mixes everything from like sci-fi to romance to, I don't know, kind of dabbles in the paranormal as well and spirituality. And it's a very powerful film. It's filmed in both color and black and white. So it does a little Wizard of Oz kind of situation. But I love it because I saw it right. I saw the film right after I had broken up with an ex and I was like, oh it's amazing it's an amazing film it was the perfect film to kind of like mend a broken heart and then i remember thinking i was like oh, okay i really hope that criterion releases this and then like literally a month later they're like hey we're gonna release this in april of like you know 2018 i was like yes. <laughs> um it's a really great film i love that film and Ooh. then um the film that I was actually looking for when I met both you, Valente, and Alonzo in that Escondido Barnes Noble was this one. I was on a Veronica Lake kick that summer, and so I was looking for Sullivan's Travels, and it's a 40s feel-good comedy film basically about a filmmaker um, who wants to make serious pictures, and he wants to have a picture with a message, so he decides, like, you know, I'm going to pretend to be a homeless man and like, you know, see what it's like to struggle. And then he gets found out by um, some dame named Veronica Lake, or actually in the film, I think she's just referred to as that girl. Like that's her title is just that girl. (laughs) Um, But she finds out that like, he's like fooling around and just like actually a really rich film producer. And so she's like, fuck you. But then she's like, you're kind of cute. I want to go on this journey with you. And so it's literally them on this journey across America, trying to see what um, life was like for the average Joe in 1941. And it's supposed to be kind of a satire of the film community, but also ends up kind of being a very heartfelt film. It's a very feel good film with a very healthy outlook on the world and, you know, the whole perspective of life itself. And it's it's kind of timeless in that way. So that that's a cute one. And then another one that I picked up around the time I saw you both was um, this documentary called Paris is Burning, which is essential to queer uh, cinema if you know anything about it. Basically, it's a film that chronicles the, the life of queer men and also transgender women in the ni- in the early, early, early 90s and New York in the whole ballroom scene when they used to have ballroom competitions and compete for prizes because, and like they would, it would, it would be like drag shows, but also places that people could go where they could pretend to be, businessmen or people in the military, or like they would have categories for everything and be judged on how well they fit into those categories. And this was something that queer people did specifically queer people of color did because these were roles that they couldn't fit into in society or that society wasn't giving them an opportunity to be a part of. So this was their way to imagine that they were a part of, you know, the hetero, cis white lifestyle and it's a it's a very eye-opening film so those those three are definitely three of mine that mean a lot to me oh
0: i still need to
1: see that oh i want to own it it's a very good film it's a it's a great film
4: does it actually take place in paris
1: Uh no so the paris is burning i think it's called paris is burning because that was the name of the ballroom the name was like was the name of the ballroom was paris um don't quote me on that though but um i don't know exactly i think it also might be a metaphor for something but i'm not quite sure it takes place in the bronx in new york yes Um, i think i
4: do know this movie then
1: (laughs) it's it's a great movie um it's it's something that unfortunately is still timely to this day about even 30 years on um because there's a lot of hard situations that the queer individuals, transgender individuals really talk about and discuss at length. And it goes into, at the I don't want to spoil anything, but it goes into basically what is still happening to transgender individuals across the country today, which is they're being persecuted and in cases also murdered for just them being who they are. Yeah. Um, and the way that that film deals with that situation, this documentary, I'm sorry, deals with that situation is just so heartbreaking. And it kind of comes out of left field. Like you don't expect it to happen. And they're just like, here's what happened. And it's something that sticks with you. And it's something that I still think about. It's one of those movies that I have to watch every single year just to, I don't know, kind of, remind myself of you know of my history of queer history and like all the people that have come before me to fight for the rights that um i'm able to celebrate to this day not to get all queer agenda on you here but (laughs) i will use my platform when i can thank you very much
4: Spreading the gay agenda, I see. <laughs>
1: yes, of course. One Criterion film at a time. <laughs>
2: scared all the right-wing people now.
4: That's okay.
1: <laughs>
4: well, Sorry,
0: that's right. <laughs> well, don't stay and learn. You know. Just,
4: yes, we hope we hope to inform.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. Really. Well, I, yeah, that's true. Oh, I don't know. Depends on how they are. Depends what on the video. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, Laza, what do you have? Because yours is really. I, I almost forgot I got the Bergman box set. So. <laughs> yes, uh, you did. Well, we gifted that to you. Well, I forgot you out uh, the Irishman because you gifted it to me.
3: Yeah, yeah, so. Uh, yeah. It. Uh,
0: yeah, you own it. It's yours.
3: Um,
2: well, besides the Bergman box set, I guess I got 25 with the Casavetti box set. Just looking at it right now Barry Lyndon, Hexon, Night of the Hunter, Charade. I got him that one. Straw Dogs, Antichrist, Ivan's Childhood, Solaris, Stalker, Come and See, Beauty and the Beast, Roma, Video Drone, and Solo. Andre
4: Is Roma on the Criterion collection? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah? yeah and that was impressive.
0: Yeah, right. That was, that was.
2: And that was like the first like streaming movie mm-hmm. that got that treatment. Yeah. Yeah. Unless I
0: had the copy the yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. The way to see Roma was in theaters, though. It was absolutely, literally the way to see it. I'm you am glad cool. we saw it. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, is there anything you guys want on crit- that you want to get on Criterion? I want I to think- get Paris is Burning. And memories of the end develops. I definitely want to get those. Oh, I think I'm mad, like no, movies are not. The well, yeah, but the, is there anything we do want that's on the channel Well, that too both of them. Both of them will keep
4: up. It's okay. Oof! I would, I would definitely pick up. I mean, I already have like a Kubrick box set,
3: <laughs>
4: <laughs> but I feel like as like an individual movie, I'd probably buy. Um, Doctor Strangelove. Mm-hmm. Um, this is the other one that just came to mind, but is now slipping my mind. But I guess like also the Tarkovsky movies that I've seen. Mm-hmm. I actually I don't know if Nostalgia is on. No. Yeah. Ooh. I saw that one on movie then, but I'd definitely grab Stalker. I thought about grabbing it this time, but I was like, I'll limit myself to two movies. Mm-hmm. That's already that's already forty dollars right there.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> Matt, is there someone?
1: Is there one you would get? I really, well, I really do want high and low. That's, yeah. that's mainly because that's like the one Toshito Mufuni role he did, which is the main actor of the film, where he wasn't playing something from like, where he was playing something like current in like 20th century Japan. Mm-hmm. And that's why, and like it, seeing him in like a businessman setting, I just, I, I would just, it's something I, I would love to love to see. That and then there is a collection of, oh, ooh, too. I would love to get a collection of um, French directors, uh, the Agnes Varda film set. Um, oh, and then goodness. I love, because I love her. And she she just unfortunately passed about two years ago, I believe back in 2019. Did a very great film that's in the box set called Cleo from uh, five to seven. Amazing, amazing film. And then her husband also was a film director, and he has a box set, and his name was Jacques Demi. And he has a couple on that set. And one of my favorite musicals, The Young Girls of Rochefort, is on it. So definitely want those two box sets, but we, we shall see. Yeah. Um, Alonzo?
2: Well, I guess one I missed. You want that?
0: Yeah. Okay. I want the Fellini box set.
4: Yeah. Federico Fellini.
0: I really want that, that box. Set. Oh. When Alonzo asked for the Bergman box and I found it, I thought it was gonna be like a decent book size. And it's this freaking massive just actual box. Yeah, I thought the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was gonna be like the size of a novel. And no, mm-hmm. it was the size of a picture book. And then when Aww. I saw the Fellini box set, and that looks like an actual like Where's Waldo book, or like no, the I Spy books, so that they're huge. Yeah. I was like, this looks amazing. I need to have this. Oh god.
4: I Is, is Fellini the director of Stolen Bicycles?
1: Uh, uh, no, you mean bicycle thieves?
4: Bicycle thieves.
1: Yeah. <laughs> no, that's um. Fuck, who is that? Hold on, I'm gonna look that up now with the B, that's all I remember. Yeah. Oh no, with the V. V. I don't I don't remember him. Bicycle. Uh, eight and a half. Yeah, eight and a half. La Dolce Vita and yeah. um uh the knights of Cabrini. Mm-hmm. Bicycle Thieves. Hold on, who did that? And I knights also- of Cabiria? Is that the uh, one? Yeah, that's him. <sighs>
4: oh,
1: and- and- Oh, okay. um, so Bicycle Thieves was done by Vittorio De Sica
3: okay, okay.
1: he also and, did um, what did he also do I forget I can't remember but he did a couple I, he did another one with Gina Lola Bridget really okay. but anyway
0: <laughs> I also want to get uh, Bo Travol- Travail. <gasps> Travail. oh
1: good? my god I love love sorry Every another time. gay one a gay classic <laughs>
0: <laughs> every time i saw it i don't know it's like one of my favorite covers ever it just looks like it's just such a powerful photo i just always wanted to watch it and then i posted it one time and Matt was like one of my favorite movies ever <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's a gay military classic i love it, I, love it so much. I think i believe it's french too it's it's a french film
0: okay. is that how you bow true
1: yeah i'm pretty okay. sure
0: okay okay okay
1: don't don't ask me though. I, I, I do not speak the French language.
2: <laughs> yeah, um, I guess the night porter was one I want to get.
1: Night
0: Porter?
2: Yeah. Okay. Not familiar with that. Pretty semi-controversial. Okay. Nazi exploitation movie. Mm.
3: It's
2: about a, about a Nazi officer who managed to get away, but he meets up with one of his victims who they kind of have like this weird sadomasochist relationship. Mm. And they somehow get along or somehow get together. Okay. I never. I only saw like the first twenty minutes. How? Like it was on the, ch- the Criterion Channel.
3: Oh, okay. But at Uh-oh. the
2: time, it, it was like early, early Criterion Channel. Oh. For where you see. couldn't. Um, they didn't have to resume or continue watching.
0: Mm. So you
2: literally had to like remember, or for mm. me, I had to remember where
0: where you left off.
2: Yeah, <laughs> and it was got annoying. I just gave up. And yeah, should have passed it. It's the only one I can think of top of my head. Okay. I mean, I'm just
0: down for whatever. Okay, cool. And um, is there anything you want to add to the criteria on channel? Yeah, are okay. Okay.
2: For me, it would be Ken Russell, The Devil.
0: Oh, is that the movie about the French nuns?
2: Yeah, the one. And
0: they get possessed.
2: No, no, they don't get possessed. They just literally just get. Oh. they're just so horny that they just start um <laughs> destroying like a church. It's because the uh, priest is considered like the sexy one in the whole town. That they all get aroused by him that they want to they end up losing their mind to the point they destroy the church and the Catholic church. Because the point is, like, the town they're from.
0: Aaron's coming in. Sorry, guys.
1: Oh. <laughs> I love
4: it. You know, I actually have to head out pretty soon, too. <laughs> I was gonna give mine, and then... <laughs> but go for it. Go for it.
3: I'll
2: say real quick the, the whole reason why I want the movie is because. Warner Brothers literally banned the movie and it's you can't watch it any other Anywhere. way. Okay. You have to like bootleg it. That's how yeah. I
3: okay.
2: I have it. But that's okay. why I want the criterion to cool. okay. release it. Yeah. Alec before you leave. All
4: right. So I the the movie I was actually thinking of earlier, there is a box set of Martin Scorsese's like World Cinema Project movies that have been restored. Mm. But the the one movie that I want comes in like a hundred and something dollar box set they have to buy like in a package it's a it's a soviet film called revenge that actually takes place in korea i think i've talked about on the podcast a few times but that one i would love to to own i think i might just get the box set just just to have it but as far as like movies to add into the criterion collection i mean i would love if they made a sorry to bother you in a criterion version or like the other one that came to the top of my mind was Drive because those are like the two the two movies I'm always talking about and recommending to people. Yeah, I would love to see what kind of things they would do with those two movies. Like what else they would include and the artwork that they would put on the box cover would probably be really cool. Mm-hmm.
0: Cool. Hey, Aaron, we're just doing the criteria <laughs> discussion. <Hey. laughs>
2: I took like a quick nap, and that quick
0: nap wasn't a quick nap. So <laughs> <laughs> it's all good. Yeah, uh, yeah but just ask everybody what would they add to the Criterion channel. Matt, do you have the other one left? Oh yeah.
3: Um,
1: I mean, I think too. Well, they've been damn good lately, so I'm kind of. At this point, I'm kind of like, you know what? You read my mind, so you already know what's coming up, so I'm going to let you do your thing. Um, I think one that I would really love to see, um, because they've done a lot of uh, Barbara Stanwyck films lately, from The Forty Guns to The Lady Eve. Um, I would love to see um, this other film of hers that she did called Sorry, Wrong Number on there. It's a great thriller film noir about a woman who's an invalid and hears a phone call that she's not supposed to hear about a murder. So I would love to see that on the collection. Um, however, my top film that I want criterion anyone at this point, it's a desperate plea for them to release on Blu-ray or 4k HD disc, um, and restore it is the 1997 classic, uh, fake biopic, uh, fake bio-drama, <laughs> whatever you want to call it? Spinal Tap uh, remake or Hard Days of Night rip-off Spice World. I would love to see Posh, Baby, Ginger, Scary, and Sporty all in HD with bonus content and maybe commentary from the girls about each scene um, and an essay about why this film is so important and Criterion. If you need me to write that essay and why this film is so important to pop culture and to film (laughs) history, call me up. I will drop my number in the DMs. Thank (laughs) you very much.
0: (laughs) Way to go, Matt. Beautiful (laughs) Criterion. (laughs) And uh, the one movie I would definitely want on the Criterion because I think they would do a beautiful job of restoring it and also uh, adding more content would be a uh, Zoot Suit uh, by Ooh. Luis M. Valdez. He's a filmmaker who's also done La Bamba. And uh, yeah, he has a, that's one of his first films that, uh, his earliest films that he ever produced. It's the film. He's a, he's a playwright. So he produced that film <laughs> and uh, yeah, uh, there's a theatrical version of that. Uh, we can actually catch it. Hopefully one of these days, one of these years, um, they, they, uh, What's it called? Uh, yeah, they, they do it in L.A. Uh, every so often. And uh, it's a story about the Zoot Suit Riots and why it's an important part of L.A. history. And, uh, yeah, how the Zoot Suit is, uh, was the contemporary uh, warrior's suits, And how the zoot, giant Zoot Suit in the big baggy clothes were all a sign of rebellion uh, during World War II, 1940s America. Yeah, and I bought the Blu-ray, and there's literally nothing on it, so I was very upset by that. And it's been 30 years since it's come out, I believe. So I need that movie to have the interview with Luis Valdez and it by Criterion, and have a photo essay and all the freaking. I need. I I want. I want to hear from the from the set designers. I want to hear from the costume designers. I need to hear what they all said and history of that yeah 1981 literally 40 years 40 years so
3: yeah
0: anyway aaron what do you know about criteria
2: <laughs> yeah, not much honestly just um yeah nothing much All right. I'm more of just kind of spectator today, I guess.
0: Yeah, kind of, yeah. yeah. If you had any questions about Criterion, go ahead and ask them.
2: Mm, I'll I'll think of
3: something as we go along.
0: (laughs) You you can think of one. You're good. Uh, But anyway, yeah. Uh, Oh, So I was just going to ask, what should our first episode of Criterion, our Criterion Collective, should be? Because that's a program we want to do. Hmm. We Should give uh, the audience a
4: taste. Like, how, how do you want to do that? Like, a movie that like we all like a movie that we own to talk about?
3: Yeah, right.
4: Is it and kind of, of like Cine like Roulette where we choose one that we out of a pile of ones that we own?
1: Okay, is that a
3: good way to do it?
1: We, we could do the book club way too, where it's like, you know what, here's the movie. Even though like and just go for it. like you know, like someone pick a movie that they love, like for instance, Alex, we could do we could do like the four hundred blows. It's like everyone watched the four hundred blows and then see what we think about that. Mm-hmm. And even if it's not the criterion version that's streaming. Okay. It's it's still part of the criterion label. I don't know, that was my idea. What do you guys think? The book club? I like that. I
4: like that too.
0: Did you did you have another one? All right. I hope Aaron heard that. <laughs> okay. Cool. Uh, uh, first episode? What should it be?
4: <laughs> um, uh, do we all like choose one of our own and then like share it to the group? Is that sort of the idea that you're going for, Matt?
1: Oh, yeah. That's actually, well, yeah, you're right. I didn't think about that, but yeah, that's a very much a book club feel. I like that. Yeah. And then we just, see what we think of that um yeah i like it
0: okay cool so i'm actually kind of okay with just kind of ending it there honestly okay because i'm sure everybody has a favorite i i'm i'm starting to i'm it's because i'm having an internal struggle right now deciding which (laughs) one i want to (laughs) say yeah because it'd be cool to watch oh the only other thing is i don't want to do one that is anything that came out or was released in the last five years okay. because yeah. it is it will be part of our program the five-year I review program yeah so yeah. no Roma and no irishman
4: oh that is a criterion movie huh
0: mm-hmm. or parasite yeah
4: oh that's another one i want to buy i need to buy parasite
1: Parasite's a good one. yeah but they just it's, it's interesting they just released um like I forget what company released it. I, I is it Focus Features? I forget. But wh- whatever company released it here in America just released like an Ultra 4K edition after the Criterion edition. So I'm just like, which one's the better version?
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I saw that. I saw that all that talk too. And there's
4: then, a, there's another. I don't know if it's. The company that you're talking about, Matt, but there's somebody that came out with several versions of different movies like the Joker and Parasite and made like noir versions where you can watch the movie in black and white.
1: Oh, that's awesome. I did not hear about that. Like, like Logan, pretty much. I like yeah. Logan.
4: Yeah, 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 yeah. That's another one. I don't know if it's a black one. Is Logan, was that in within the yes, last five you, years?
0: Yes, it I was. was.
4: Like 2016, 2015? Something like that. Yeah, it was like 2018, I think.
0: I think, here, I'm looking at I thought there was a black and white version. It's
4: yeah. definitely after 2015 now that I think about it. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. A Korean any color. Okay. Or wait, was it, or did I have to buy it?
4: Wait, do you have Parasite?
0: Yeah, I have it. Sorry, I forgot to say that. Oh. Yeah, forgot to say pity. <laughs> yeah, we saw, we saw this, yeah. Yeah, we saw this in some theaters, too.
4: Yeah, that was one of the last theater experiences I've had.
1: Oh, Parasite?
4: Yeah. I think have Joker was the last one.
1: Have you been back since? Or no? Mm-mm. Oh, wow. We, that's
4: why we had to go watch Green Night together, guys. Yeah, it's going to be the first time going back to theaters.
1: Yeah.
4: Kind of Where are we going, y'all? Which theater?
0: Sunday? I don't know. Is, it, is
4: everyone off Sunday?
1: Wait, what about Sunday?
0: Is everyone to off Oh,
1: yeah. Sunday, that could work for me. Wait, yeah. but you're on your trip though, Alonzo. Yeah.
0: Okay. Hey, let's all go see it in San Diego.
1: Fine. Oh my god. Hey, <laughs> are you sure you want to spend the day <laughs> watching a movie? Is that okay?
2: Oh, it's two hours.
0: Oh, you do. You have plans. Oh my yeah. god, <gasps> good for you. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. Uh, I'm off. I think it's work Saturday. Uh, I'm working Saturday. Uh, yeah. Uh, both ditch. Huh? both ditch. Well, both ditch. Well, yeah. oh, I ditched last Friday. <laughs> <laughs> For a very yeah, they're mad at me. <laughs> they're being mad Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, um, yeah tell that
4: me that you're, part- you're participating in a worker strike and you're ditching.
0: Oh, <laughs> it. <laughs> uh,
2: it's funny. Um, you guys can go. On, yeah. Fine. Yeah. What
3: are you doing on Sunday?
2: Oh,
0: okay. That's fine. Sorry. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm down to go Sunday. Yeah, I I think we're just gonna have to write uh, our favorite ones, and then we just pull a raffle
1: or something. I don't know. That's a cool way. Um, what was your original thinking though? You wanted to do like everyone presents their favorite in like an episode and then talk about it?
0: Yeah. Or no, like we review it pretty much. Okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, right. I don't think the, the architectural. That's what I thought. Yeah, yeah. We could just pretty much end up reviewing it because I know, like I said, with the one with the silence, when we do get to that, the Scorsese uh, Jesuit. Jizzy was a fan movie. Uh, I wanted to do it as a two parter with the Our Criterion and then the episode. So it's. Oh, okay, cool. No, it's like our Criterion collection and the 5 year review. And then it was like a historical, like two joint, double feature review where it was uh, uh, the the Scorsese spirituality.
1: Oh, I like this. We could have Scorsese Day too, where we like (laughs) watch Scorsese films or like, I love when he like has he always loves to like recommend films um and I, i'll watch his films like one of my favorite films that he actually loves too is called *Liber to heaven which is also on criteria i will make i'll 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 see if i can make you guys watch it it's good Thank it's you. very it's a it's like the first like color film noir oh yeah color yes interesting,
0: interesting. all righty yeah and i think everyone will just have a turn pretty much done so yeah kind of like the cinema roulette we did
4: Whoa. so it's basically going to be like a like a single person presentation of uh of like one movie when we do it or and we kind of just like all ask questions about it kind of thing
0: yeah 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 because oh i think it kind of be like cinema roulette anyway okay where everybody presented their movie kind of like yeah that. and then it just kind of yeah and then and then eventually we knock them off one by one and then we're like yeah
1: cool so kind of like book reportish, like whoever's movie it is come <laughs> prepared have your notes know the story yeah. about who made it who wrote it all, yeah. all that stuff and then everyone else just come prepared with questions to ask them yeah. all yeah.
0: about it yeah that's pretty much
4: it yeah it's
1: pretty much a book report
0: oh this you is know, fun like, i'm excited i'm <laughs> excited
1: for this <laughs> movie reports
0: are yeah. <laughs> our, all our film nerdiness is going to come out i like
1: <laughs> well yeah and this is a good way for all of us to show our different film tastes too like mm-hmm. you know we can just choose random ass films and talk about them yeah <laughs> i like that
0: that's what was so much fun about cinema roulette though, that oh, my we God, did.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> oh man i cannot believe how perfect that episode was i feel like it was the
1: I think, yeah, I, it was great. And I love that we had a little bit of libations in us because I think that definitely helped. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
3: my gosh.
1: But yeah, yeah I, I still really want to see The Swimmer Now, Alonzo, again. Like I'm like, damn it, I need to watch that again. <laughs> Not
3: the day after. Oh, you tried...
1: did?
0: Yeah. <laughs> I need to see it, too. Yeah. Uh, I'm <laughs> curious what that crazy left turn that the movie makes. I
3: can't give it away.
0: Oh man, he was so—he wouldn't tell me anything about it. He was being so private about it. Okay, that's fine. Alrighty, well, yeah, that was our episode of the Criterion, uh, our roundtable Criterion discussion that uh, teased our Criterion collection, um, a little program we want to do in the future. But yeah, Woo-hoo. yeah, this is uh, this is yeah, uh, and everyone knows who we are. <laughs> Aaron Aaron uh, graced us with his uh, with his cameo. <laughs> it
1: was a it was a lovely, you know, cameo. You know what? if what's her name from I forgot her name, but what's her name from fucking network from the 70s can, you know, get a supporting actor award for two seconds of the screen time, so can Aaron now. <laughs>
4: <laughs> honorary Stan Lee Award.
1: Would <laughs> well, he
0: would love that. Right, <laughs> superhero.
2: Yeah. Man. Oh my gosh, that's
4: funny.
0: Alrighty, well, this has been. Uh, I've been your host, Valenda Martinez. Uh Yeah, and I'm not gonna give my social. I'm okay. <laughs>
4: your
1: social security? I think.
4: <laughs> yeah. Can you repeat that number close to the mic,
2: and I'm Alonso Martinez.
4: Did you did you want to? Not this
2: episode.
0: No, okay, that's fine. Do we have to? Or? No, just, that's why I'm like I'm okay not to. Yeah.
3: Same I guess.
4: Alex or Matt? <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, Alex Vega here. Uh, go follow me yeah. at Gabana Vega. You can follow follow on Instagram and now TikTok. Oh my gosh, we're we're young people again. <laughs>
1: Oh my god! And you will totally catch him doing the dance moves to Doja Cat say so on his TikTok.
4: Absolutely. Uh, oh yeah. Well, that's for the uh, premium fans only.
1: The, premium.
4: <laughs> the, the only fans.
1: The only <laughs> fans. <laughs> and you can find me Matthew Rodriguez at some like it Matt dot Some like it on Instagram for all things old Hollywood and pop culture related. It's awesome. Cool.
0: All right. And uh Aaron is still uh busy. So that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> all right guys. Awesome. I have a haircut you got to in like 10 minutes. Cool. Ooh, yeah. Uh, I'm ready to get rid of all this shaggy hair. Oh. Alrighty. Cool. Thank you guys for listening. Bye. Bye. Peace.